0: wonderful okay happy new year everybody lovely to see you all this morning well we are as you know last week we've been um we've gone back into hebrews we're continuing looking and uh, uh studying the um this wonderful book of the new testament and um yeah i'm really excited about just the last a uh, couple of months now of, of finishing this off and um i get the privilege if you like of looking at the first chapter, well, this first few verses, if you like, of Hebrews 11. Now, if you've been a Christian for a while, Hebrews 11 would be a, a, a chapter of the book of Hebrews, but also a chapter of the whole Bible, which has some really poignant um, points that we can draw from, and I'm hopefully going to draw from those uh, this morning. So before I do that, I'm going to pray. And then we're going to read, Father, we just thank you for your presence. We thank you for your Holy Spirit that dwells in us as those who believe in you. And I just pray now, Lord, um, that you would use me and the words that you give me to speak into our hearts, to speak truth and love and wonderful purpose that you have for each one of us. I pray, use this time for your glory. Amen. Right, so if you have your Bibles, um, if you turn to Hebrews 11, and uh, we're going to be looking at Hebrews 11, I'm going to read some of the verses, I'm going to read the first, um, I think the first 11, and then I've picked one other little bit as well on top of that. So um, if you want to follow in your Bibles, or it will be on the screen behind me. Now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. By faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. By faith Abel offered God a better sacrifice than Cain did. By faith he was commended as a righteous man. When God spoke well of his offerings, and by faith he still speaks even though he is dead. By faith Enoch was taken from this life so that he did not experience death. He could not be found because God had taken him away. For before he was taken, he was commended as one who pleased God. What a wonderful thing. And without faith it's impossible to please God Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. By faith, Noah went, um, when warned about things not yet seen, in holy fear, built an ark to save his family. By his faith, he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as an inheritance, obeyed. And went. Even though he did not know where he was going, by faith he made his home in the promised land. Like a stranger in a foreign country, he lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city with foundations, whose architect and builder is God. And then in verse 13. All these people were still living by faith when they died. They were still living by faith when they died. Now, faith is really what I'm going to be talking about this morning. And I'm going to do it as succinctly as I can. But I just want to allude to um, one of Paul's letters for a minute. Now, Paul wrote uh, many letters. Of the letters in the New Testament. And one of them he wrote to the a church in Corinth. And one of the things he talks about in 1 Corinthians 13 is love. And if you read that, you get a real um, strong feeling of what love is all about, along uh, with the, the scripture passage. But at the end of that particular passage, it talks about three things that will remain. Three things that remain. And, and Paul says the three things that remain are faith, hope, and love. These three things remain. And if you're a Christian, I would say these three things would be things to explore and to wonder, actually, how am I being a person of faith? How am I being a person of hope? Or how am I being a person of love? Because if these things are eternal, if these things remain, these are good things to know how you're outworking those in your life. And one of them is faith. Faith is essential in our Christian walk. You know, faith is the very thing that projects us on our journey of knowing God, of getting our of deepening our relationship with God. Faith is if you like the bedrock of every decision that we make. Every decision we make, every decision we make every day, every single day. Small ones, what we do when we first thing we get up, do we have breakfast? Do we read our Bible? Faith. If our faith, if we believe that God is with us, we'll make little decisions which will reflect that. In our big decisions, faith. Faith is what motivates us to fulfil God's calling on our lives. Faith does, because we believe God. And this morning, I just want to spend a bit of time unpacking verse one of this chapter. I've never preached on one verse before, but I feel really stirred this morning to preach just on one verse unpacking verse one, looking at this in just what God wants to speak to us about this morning. And the first thing I'm going to do is look at one word and the first word of this verse, which is now. Now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. Even this first word, as we allow the Holy Spirit to speak to us, can have a very significant impact on us today. You know, now speaks of something happening to us right now, (laughs) today, now. You know, my parents, um, I I grew up in Hastings, my parents had a particular parenting style, and if my mum said to me, come here, Right now, I knew that I had to go straight away. You know, right now, there was some urgency in that now. This now speaks of something that is not to be put off, not something you can leave for another day or next year, but something needs to be done about it today. This now in this particular chapter follows. And uh, the previous chapter, the writer encourages the church not to throw off their confidence. If you look at chapter 10, verse 33, it says, so do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. You need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. You know, there's a, there's a continuation here of what the writer is wanting to encourage the church in. You know, I reckon there must have been a temptation of this early church at this time, to give up, to not persevere, to not press on and press into God. You know, there must have been a temptation for the church to think, you know, um, why are we doing this again? And Somebody remind me, why, why do we do this church thing? What is this all about? It seems like hard work to me. Because why would the writer need to write that? Actually, we need to persevere so that you will receive what has been promised. You know, the church would have seen great fruit. We read it in Acts. They've seen many people come to faith. But actually, you know, times of difficulty came, which meant they were persecuted and they were spread. But it was all part of God's plan. He spread the gospel to different countries. So the writer here is speaking right into the heart of discouraged Christians, despondent Christians, disaffected Christians even, that may well be struggling To see God in all that was going on. And it's in this context that the writer says, now. Now faith is being sure of what we hope for. Now, right now. It's time to start. Start seeing with spiritual eyes and not the natural eyes. Now is the time. Not yesterday. Not look to yesterday and what was happening yesterday or the day before. Not looking to tomorrow, but now is the time to activate your faith, our faith. Don't hesitate, don't wait until tomorrow or the day after tomorrow, as in the film. Today is the day. Today is the day to take courage. Take courage to be courageous, to take a risk. Activated faith involves taking risks taking risks. Now is the time to activate the faith that exists in each one of us. Each one of us, there's faith that God wants to activate today. As as I read in this passage, Abraham was called to leave his home. He was called, it says in verse 8, Abraham, when called to go to a place, he would later receive as an inheritance. What did he do? Do you remember? He obeyed And he went. He obeyed God. He heard God. And he went. If we look at this um, particular account in Genesis, and um, if you want to look at it now, I'm going to spend a couple of minutes on it. It's in Genesis 12. In Genesis 12, verse 1. The Lord said to Abraham, leave your country, your people. There was a specific day When God spoke to Abraham, a specific day in time where God spoke to him. Now Abraham had to activate his faith and actually go. He had to leave. It says here that the Lord said to Abraham, leave your country and your people. So there would have been a day he would have prepared, he would have packed his bags, packed his people, his family, and he would have left Ur. He would have left the land that he'd been living in. He would have had to have said goodbye to his friends and leave his home It's a very, you know, sometimes we mark days, don't we? But this day was the day that he activated his faith and he left the place that he was living to go where God was calling him. He was no longer Abraham, Abraham of Ur. He was Abraham who wandered through the land. His new name. He left uh, to do and fulfil God's calling for his life. Because God had called him. He had. It says here, the Lord said to him, leave your country, your people. God had called him and he left. You know, throughout, um, throughout my life, um, I've had to leave people. I've had to leave people behind. People I love deeply to fulfil the promises of God on my life. I've had to leave people in Hastings. That's where I grew up. You know, my family, a lot of my family is still there. Some of them have moved on. But I had to leave them because I felt God had called me to the Midlands. I left people in Hastings. I lived in Leicester for a time. but And I made some great friends at Leicester Christian Fellowship wonderful group of people I remember the first day I walked into that church God I mean this again was just God's provision I was started work in a hotel in Leicester and um, I was looking for a church and I was I was driving around and I remember speaking to God at the time God I'd love to find a really spirit-filled passionate believing gospel-centered focused Christian church in this town where is it and as I was driving around, I saw this sign that said Hesed House, and there was an arrow. And I went, and I, you know, it was one evening, and I parked in the car park, and I went around to the church, and walked in the front door. It was open. It was an evening, and um, and I just said, looking for a church. They said, why don't you come along this Sunday? You know, and well, you know, be good to have you join us. And actually, there was a conference happening that weekend. And it was a a youth, I was a bit younger then, Um, but it was a, a youth conference, I mean I was still quite old, but it was a youth conference I went to and I walked through the door of this church and the first person I met became my best friend and in fact he became my best man and I knew that this church was the place for me, it was my family, it was the place where I was supposed to be. But I wasn't called to Leicester. I was called somewhere else. And a few years later, I left the people of Leicester that I loved. Because I felt, God, put something in my heart for the people of Birmingham. (laughs) So I moved to Birmingham. I I went and did my um, studying in Birmingham. I did some further training and studying to be a teacher. And I joined this church. Church Alive, it was called, in uh, Birmingham. And again, a great family. I was really connected, again, loved being part of that church. And I remember um, growing quite a lot during my time there. But again, people I loved, that I left because I felt God had called me somewhere else. And I was called to Bromsgrove. And I lived in Bromsgrove for a time. And then I moved down here. Again, God's calling my left. Left people I loved in Bromsgrove. And I still meet up with people in all these different places uh, from time to time. Sometimes it might be years before I see them. But the call of God, when it grips you, when it challenges you, when when the faith that you have in the God of all creation, the mighty God who wants to use us for his purposes, and you're obedient and you went like Abraham did, it's amazing what God can do through you. Faith, the now faith, is acting on this unseed stirring in our hearts and the call of God that he puts within you to leave where, perhaps where you might be doing, or jobs, it might even be jobs. You know, God wants you to move you on for your current job to something new. You know, our vision at River Church, you know, at church planting, you know, it's something we've been talking about, we did a preaching series on it, we, we are a heart of this church is to plant churches. You know, it might not be Epsom, but is God stirring you to be involved in a church plant, to be involved with what God is doing in this nation. Maybe other nations, God is, stirring you to plant a church in another nation. You know, be open to hearing and for God to lead you. You know, take courage and be obedient to God's call on your life. You know, Abraham didn't know where he was going, but he trusted God. He didn't know what would happen, but he believed God. He believed God, and so he went. In this um, chapter, we also read of Noah, so if we go back to uh, chapter 11, we read of Noah in verse 7. You know, Noah, when warned about things not yet seen, God warns him, in holy fear, he built an ark. You know, he built an ark. He was confident. He was confident in God. Confident that God was going to do what God had promised. He had this sense. You know, I don't know how God, we don't know how God spoke to Noah, but God spoke to Noah. Noah. And he was convicted. He was convinced that God had spoken. And there would have been a day, again, a now day, a now day for Noah, where he would have got his axe. I don't know if they had axes back in Noah's day. He'd have got his axe, and he would have responded to God's word, to God's call. And he would have chopped down that first tree, chopped down that first tree to build an ark. Because he's responded, the now time of responding to God's call on his life. You know, the first day of na- enamor- uh, hammering a nail into a bit of wood. You know, Noah, what are you doing? People would have been, you know, sometimes people don't understand what, what God says to us, but we actually, we understand, and that's okay. And we step out in that knowing Now is a time to draw from God's grace and abundance. You know, we need to draw from his grace because there's no way we can do any of these things if we're not doing it in God's strength, if we're trying to do it in our own strength, and we need to draw from his. You know, this church is called River Church, and it's called River Church for a reason. It's not called River Church because there's a river that we can see. It's called River Church because we believe that there's a spiritual river Flowing through this place, there's a spiritual river. We believe that. That's why we called it river. We took a step of faith. We said there's a spiritual river in this place, and it's made up of you and me. We we can draw from God's river, and we want this place to be a place flowing with God's spirit, where we see healing, we see miracles, where we see God impacting people's hearts and minds with the truth of His love, truth of His gospel. This place we want to see glorifying God in the different ways it's used. You know, the river of God is a source of life for now. For now. And if you're dry, draw from his source. Draw from this river. Drink from the unseen river of God. You know, do you believe that that's true? That there is a river from heaven, an unseen river that we can receive right now? You know, faith is believing that we can receive refreshing, spiritual refreshing and strength, even though we can't see it. We receive it. 1 Corinthians 12, um, verse 9 says, There is faith uh, given by God as a gift. Are you thirsty? Do you want more of God's spirit? Do you want more faith? It's a gift. And so Jesus in Matthew 7, verse 7 says, Ask and you will receive. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open. You know, God has so much for each one of us. So much. And now is the time to ask. Jesus encourages us to ask in humility, recognizing that all glory is His. All glory. When we receive, it's because of Him, it's because of His abundance, His abundance of joy, strength confidence, confidence that he is with us um, for all eternity. That's the first word. Now, faith is being sure of what we hope for, being sure of what we hope for. In this passage, faith is not just about doing, it's not just about stepping out in faith, it's about being. It's about being sure of what we hope for. You know, faith is the assurance, the substance of our hope. It's the reality of our hope, that you know if hope is the future expectation of seeing God in all his glory, then faith is the confidence that we will one day see it. That's our faith. Faith um, Charles Spurgeon said, "And I could never write this well, and I love Charles Spurgeon because it always uses wonderful pictorial language to describe biblical concepts. And he says this, faith goes up the stairs that love has built and looks out the windows which hope has opened. Isn't that a wonderful, wonderful way to think of faith, hope, and love? Faith, hope, the three things that remain. Faith, hope, and love. The fact that the imagery of heaven full of God's glory, is true and real. And it's as real, the glory of God is as real as me standing here talking to you today. That's true. I believe it. You know, faith is the conviction and sureness that Jesus' sacrifice on the cross has done what he says it would do. And what's that? It's made a way for us to know God. It's made a way for every single one of us to know God. We can trust in the blood and the sacrifice of Jesus, that's washed and sinned away for all eternity, that we as children of God can access the heavenly throne room right now because of Jesus' blood. Faith believes that. Faith in our hearts. We, we, we testify to it. We testify to people around us because we know it to be true. We're sure of it. Our hope is in the blood of Jesus that has washed us clean. R.T. Kendall, he's a biblical teacher that's still alive. Um, Lots of my crates often be dead preachers, but R.T. Kendall's still with us. And he said this about faith. It's faith which keeps us looking beyond with such confidence that we know we shall not be disappointed. You know, that's faith. You know, I know that I'm not going to be disappointed when I see my Saviour when I see him face to face because there's great glory in heaven. He has great plans and purposes for us. You know, faith takes account of the future but lives in the present, today, now. The substance of hope that God has a good plan for your life. God has a good plan for your life. But you know, a good plan doesn't always mean comfort and ease, doesn't? A good plan means that he knows what's best for you for this time, for today, that's gonna help you grow in your purposes and plans that he has for your life, to grow in faith in looking to him. And then finally, the last part of this verse, certain of what we do not see. Here the writer conveys something of what faith is not. You know, faith is not the evidence of what is seen. The literal translation of the Greek is the persuasion of the works or things that are not seen. One is convinced that one day we will see them, but one does not see them at the moment. The verse I read, verse 13, all these people were still living by faith when they died. Now, please bear with me a moment while I just talk about Epsom for just a moment. Now, Epsom Church Plant... It's embryonic at the moment. It's this sort of, um, you know, you can't see it. You can't really see Epsom church plants, really. Um, it's still forming. If you like, it's still in the womb. But Abby and I, we are certain in our hearts that God wants us to plant something new in the town of Epsom. It's why we move to the area. We have a passion And a heart for the people of Epsom. That's what God's called me and Abbey to. And we're hoping that others will want to join us with that journey. But you can't see it yet. You know, it's not something we can see, but it's a certainty in our hearts. It's the certainty and the hope that we profess in God. That God is in this. You know, we have a faith that God will establish something new. A new community a new family in the town of Epsom. It's like we're children of River Church taking the gospel, taking the good news to a new place. You know, prophetic words help. You know, know, God speaks today and prophetic words help us really hear the direction of God. How can we be so certain though? How can I be so certain? Particularly when you can't see it but this verse makes it very clear that faith is not about what you see. We're certain because we're persuaded of the integrity of God to keep his promises. You know, back in Genesis 12 when Abraham when God called Abraham to go as soon as he called him and he said leave your country, leave your people, leave your father's household and go to the place I'm calling you. Straight after that God gives Abraham loads of promises of what he is promising to him as he goes. Not just an empty, like, go on, off you go. He makes promises. We have a faithful God who makes promises, who is a God whose promises can be outworked in our lives and actually beyond our lives. As it says in verse 13, All these people were still living by faith when they died. Promises, some promises might not be realised in our lifetime and that's okay because we have an eternal God who knows what he's doing. We step out because we know we have only one life and we are passionate to see others come to know Jesus. That's why I do it. You know, Jesus saved me Uh, 36 years ago, and if I can be a catalyst to helping one other person on their journey of discovering Jesus, of discovering the amazing love of God, then every obstacle, every battle, every hurdle that gets in the way is worth it, to see one person come to know the love of God. You know, each one of us holds a key. You know, each one of us has the truth of the gospel. We have faith in Jesus and we have a key to people around us and their hearts, to our neighbour's heart, to our work colleague, to a person who we see every week, just maybe at the gym. And we have opportunities to be bearers of these keys. You know, every one of us has a word or an action that can help somebody take a step closer to knowing God. You know, it's wonderful and uh, very powerful when you get a people of faith who are determined, whatever the cost, to trust God at his word and live by faith. You know, faith speaks of something bigger than ourselves. Faith leads us outside of ourselves. It leads us to be and do the things we might not normally do. You know, we begin to operate out of the grace of God. You know, we need the grace of God. Because when we take steps of faith, we can't do it in our strength. We have to depend and rely on the grace of God, on his strength, on his power, and not our own. And I just want to finish with three areas of our lives where we make a choice of how we live by faith. Firstly, in the world. You know, we are in the world. And God has called us into the world to go into the world. And I would say it's better to stake everything on God than to trust the rewards of this world. Because it's very easy to be distracted. Secondly, in our senses, in the senses. Faith involves trusting in our spiritual senses, not our physical ones. You know, we're to grasp the Spirit's leading, pointing us to an eternal hope. Not to trust in our human senses and what we see, but what we um, sense the Holy Spirit saying and leading us in. You know, the Holy Spirit might be pointing us to something far greater than we can ever imagine, far more wonderful, that is a spiritual um, direction, far more pulchritudinous than we could ever imagine. And finally, in life, the Christian life of faith stakes even uh, our very lives on a hope and certainty than we, uh, that we have a good future ahead of us, a good future ahead of us, and um, that we can trust in him. I just want to share lastly this quote from uh, Jim Elliot. Um, and if you don't know who Jim Elliot was, he was a missionary. He went to South America, Ecuador, The Amazon rainforest to take the gospel to uh, an indigenous tribe, um, Hara'ani tribe, that's it. Um, So he took the gospel to them. And he said this He is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain that which he cannot lose. Let me say that again. He is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain which he cannot lose. And I think of all people, he's the most qualified to say something like that because he gave his life taking the gospel to the people down in South America. So really just an encouragement to be people of faith, that faith is for now, now to step out in faith. Now is the time to be sure of the thing that God has called you to and the purposes that he's called you to. And just to recap on what Steve said last week, faith can be outworked in many ways. But what Steve said for 2020, stepping out in faith in prayer, personally and corporately, what does that look like for you to step out in faith in your prayer life? Secondly, people, what does it mean to step out in faith in terms of showing the love of Christ to those around us? You know, it's, yeah, the love of Christ has impacted my heart so much. I just, I, I want people to know that he is the most amazing thing they could ever know. You know, and I challenge perhaps somebody here, if you bake cookies, if you like baking, you know, maybe buy some, uh, some of those posh clear bags with some ribbon or something. Bake some cookies, 20 or so cookies, Put them two or three in a bag, and just give them to half a dozen of your neighbours. Just, just that's it. Nothing, don't expect anything. Just give them away. Just a way of stepping out in faith that we have the hope of Christ in us. That actually, that's you know that's doing the gospel. That's doing the gospel. Sharing your love with those around you. And finally, the last thing <laughs> that Steve said was planting planting. Now, obviously, we'd love for you to come to Epsom, but if God isn't stirring you to come to Epsom, then ask the question of God, what are you stirring me to do or to go? What, what, what are you stirring in me, God? God has put great seeds of faith in lots of people I see before me. And I would love to be able to celebrate with you in five years' time to say, you know, Great, see this person going on and doing great work for the Lord in what they've been called to do. Respond to the call of God on your life. And I want to just finish then with this quote from Charles Spurgeon. And he said this, a little faith will bring your soul to heaven. And that's true. You know, when we, our faith, our trusting in Jesus helps us connect with the living, mighty, wonderful God. Doesn't it? It brings our soul to heaven. It helps us remember what a wonderful and great God that we have. But he then said, a great faith will bring heaven to your soul. Great faith will bring heaven to your soul, which will impact you so much that you just have to do something about it. That the faith that you have impacts the people and the surrounding around you because you are so passionate about God and his purposes and his glory. You know, I... um, Little small steps of faith um, lead to bigger steps. And even this week, I was, uh, there's a guy um, I'm beginning to get to know in Epsom. He uh, owns a cafe restaurant um, in Epsom, and he's Serbian. And I've got to know him a little now. And actually, I bumped into him in the gym the other day, which I thought um, was wonderful. So we, we had a little chat in the gym. And I saw him again this week, and I invited him to our church plant. Now, I don't know anything about this guy, really, but I'm inviting him to a, a community of believers. And he said, I mean, Sunday is his only day off, but he might come. You know, we just don't know. The seeds that we sow, we don't know the effect that they have. So be, let's be a people of faith, trusting in the faithfulness of God. Amen. I'd like to pray for us all. That'd be a nice thing to do. Do you want to stand and maybe in your own hearts, you could respond to what God might be speaking to you about uh, this morning in terms of faith, in terms of being sure of what we hope for and confident of what we do not see. Hallelujah. Father God, I thank you for your word, that it's true. Thank you for the faith. Thank you for saving faith. Thank you that we've all received that, that we've all received that. If you're here this morning, if you've not received faith, where you've put your trust in Jesus as your Lord and Saviour, can I encourage you to do that today? Take a step of faith. Come and talk to us afterwards and say, you know, Rob, let me know how I might do this because I'm, I'm ready to say I want to trust in this God that you've been talking about this morning. So, Father, I, go, I pray for the rest of us. Lord, may we be men and women of faith. May we be great um, instruments in your hands as we live for your glory, as we outwork your purposes in our lives. Jesus, we love you. Jesus, our hope is in you. And Jesus, our faith is in your eternal purposes. Amen.